0: Okay, hi Lynn, how you doing? Hey! Hey! (laughs) Your hyper sounds like... (laughs) Am I not always? (laughs) For our listeners, this is going to be a pretty different episode because we had recorded an entire episode with our special guest and lost a lot of the recording, so... Because of that, our normal episode will be up Saturday the 19th, and this one is, as you're listening to it, on Monday. So this is kind of a bonus episode, um, but we're not going to talk about our usual stuff. We're going to talk about Lynn's new book. So your new book's called Shift in Supremacy,
1: yes. and it's
0: the third and final
1: Shifter Council Executioner book. Say it three times fast. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one that we've been calling SCE3. <laughs> I don't always so... have a title. I'm not one of those people that can title my book before I have to finish it and then title it. So it was just SCE 3 <laughs> I was going to
0: read the blurb, but I think I'm going to let you tell everybody about it instead of just boringly reading the blurb word
1: for word. Well, you can read the blurb and then I'll talk about it. I mean, okay. well. that will that'll give them a little hint of, of what's to come and I can talk about it without spoilers
0: Vaughn is enjoying a rare day off, but a shifter council executioner is never really off duty. When he hears the obvious sounds of a woman in a dangerous situation, he knows he has to step in. Within hours, he knows he's found the person he wants at his side every day and especially every night. But an executioner's life isn't exactly safe for humans, and unfortunately, the woman his lion has chosen just happens to be one. Jolene was so close to giving up on dating. Her current date is a prime example of why she contemplating swearing off men but when a tall dark and handsome man yum (laughs) 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 steps in to keep her botched date from turning to tragedy she reconsiders everything she thought she knew about men Vaughn is everything she could ever want in a man and more yet there are secrets she's keeping from him when those secrets finally come to light they both fear his career path could put her in harm's way Unfortunately for them both, it turns out Jolene is the one who attra- has attracted the wrong kind of attention. Now Jolene has to learn to navigate this new world filled with creatures of folklore, while Vaughn struggles to keep her in his life and safe from the monsters that go bump in the night. I just love that last line.
1: <laughs> this was a fun book to write. And actually, um, I can't remember which book it was, but a reviewer had said something about how she loved my my extremely eclectic, diverse, you know, cast in all my books, because Life is not literally black and white. Not every woman on earth is five ten and voluptuous, and not every man is statuesque and, and unflawed. We are flawed. We have curves. We have, you know, hairs on our chin. I mean, we are we are people. So she had suggested how fun it would be to have a, a character with a, hear, a hearing impairment, and I was like, you know, I haven't done that yet. So Miss Jolene has a hearing impairment she is almost completely deaf without her hearing aids Um, so not only is she navigating this new world of monsters but she's doing it not being able to fully hear the world around her either so she has even more risks in this world so not only does she have the human senses where she can't you know smell and hear and and see the way a shifter would she can't hear even with the hearing aids, it's still, you know, I, I have a little bit of a hearing loss on my right ear. So a lot of times, if there's too much noise, it's hard for me to pick out what the person's saying because there's too much ambient noise. So imagine trying to get through a world where you don't hear someone growling, you know, where you don't hear the person sneaking up on you. So I, I loved the extra challenges that she faced. And my girl took them in stride because... I, they may be quote-unquote damsels, but they're not damsels. My yeah. women are strong women. I felt like it
0: was an interesting parallel between her having a hearing impairment and Vaughn being a shifter and, and being able to hear and sense things yeah. so easily.
1: Well, and without giving too much away, that, that little choice she almost had to make, I can't I can't imagine you know, with my disability, if somebody said, okay, well, I'm going to turn you into a monster and all your ailments will go away. You know, it's like trying to make that decision would be, whoo! I don't know. I like giving them challenges and I like flawed characters. And, you know, I have a very diverse cast of characters.
0: Yes. We have that's some one of the races. things that I really like about your books.
1: That's one of the number one things I see on reviews is not all families look the same. You know, I have three kids and didn't give birth to a single one. My kids were all adopted as older children. They were four, five, and six when I got them. So it's not like I had babies. So not all families look the same. And I grew up in an interracial family. My, my, my I only have one biological uncle on my daddy's side, and he has severe cerebral palsy. But I have different, you know, races. I have different disabilities on that side of the family. So I wanted to reflect the real world when I was writing these books. And not all of us are skinny. And there are women that are too skinny. You know, they're super thin and they're insecure about that. So I like showing the insecurities that some of us have and then learning to work through those insecurities as well. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, that's one of the things I really enjoy about your books because especially paranormal books, they can tend to be the same thing over and over and over again. And I don't yeah. feel that with your stories.
1: Oh, good. I you know, like... I like the diversity in all aspects, not just gender or sexuality or race, just they're people and people are flawed. Right. Writing the humans, I don't know why that always tends to be a little bit more difficult because of the whole secrecy thing around my shifter world, but I know a lot of people do it and that's what they stick to, but I love having shifters with shifters, especially the interspecies species. But yeah, writing the humans to, to be meshed into that world can sometimes offer me a challenge. I think it's why I do it. Like Peyton in Tristan's voice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that is partially why you keep you doing humans because, oh, well, that sounded
1: bad. But <laughs> <laughs> I do only do humans, just FYI. <laughs> but anyway, why you
0: keep putting humans in your stories is because I think it offers you more of a challenge than just doing shifters with shifters because you've been writing shifters for so long Mm -hmm. and by the way so you're aware of it 26 books under this name okay we finally counted including the new one um (laughs) that i think putting the humans in there is what offers you the challenge because i think you're so ingrained now in the shifter world that it's I don't want to say it's nothing for you because you do, I mean, it it is work for you to write these books, but I think it's easier for you to write the shifters now than it is the humans because you've done it for so
1: long. Well, and sometimes it's fun that they're not as strong and they're not as fast and they don't have the senses. They don't smell the trouble on the air, you know, things like that. You know, when, when their challenges are just that of a human, you know, they can't outrun the person that's chasing them in their bear form. You know, that's that could be fun. That could be a lot of fun, especially if they turn a gun on them or, you know, things like that.
0: And I will edit this out if you think it's too much of a spoiler. But in this one, to give an example, your human character has a panic attack. Yeah. So, you know, it's not something you always see in a shifter romance
1: is somebody having a panic attack. And people don't realize how common panic attacks are. And they always portray them on TV and in movies as people passing out and dizzy and a heart attack. Everybody has different types of panic attacks. My mom has chest pains where she feels like she's actually having a heart attack. I literally feel a sense of panic and doom. And I get disoriented and I start sweating. I had one out of the blue watching TV with my husband the other night. He's like, what caused it? I'm like, life? I don't know. I just had one. You can't why always not let determine them... what caused it. I've woken up from a dead sleep from them. It's just your nervous system. But, yeah. I, you know, it's that's life. So why not show part of life in these books, even if they are paranormal? So
0: um, since this is the third and final in the series, do you want to talk about the series as a whole a little bit? Um, just give us a little bit of an insight about what it's all about and why you chose to write it.
1: Well, you know, they talk about in The Big reverse. River, the Cedar Hill Shifters world, which is Bigger River Pack, Blackwater Clan, Ravenwood Pride, and Morse Pack, and even the Skullbone Flock, who will eventually get their own world. Um, They talk about the Shifter Council a lot. And I kind of wanted to delve into that a little bit, not so much the political side of it, but as far as, okay, they get punished, but how and who does the punishing? So that's where that came in. I'm like, well, if somebody needs to get put down or punished, they're going to have professionals to do it. So that's where the shifter council executioners came in is these men are tasked with hunting down the worst of the worst in their world. They don't execute humans. They leave that to the human police, obviously, unless need be, but that's never come up in my books. But these men have to put down rogue shifters who are trafficking women, who are, you know, murdering people, who are selling children off to sickos. So that's what their job is. And I I can't even imagine carrying that around with me. So I wanted to show that they don't exactly enjoy it. They enjoy the justice side of it, but they don't exactly enjoy killing day in and day out. Others from your
0: Cedar Hill series show up Mm -hmm. in the um, SCE. I'm just going to say SCE Mm -hmm. um, books. Was that a plan or did did they just kind of like sneak their way in there?
1: They snuck their way in. (laughs) It's, It's just like with Zeke. You know, Zeke was supposed to be a bad guy and he kind of like shoved me out of the way and took over. Um, as to, I'm, I'm more of a character-driven writer. I have a plot line in, in mind. So I always know A, B, and C. So I know what the inciting incident's going to be. And I know how they're going to get to point B. And I know generally the climax, but the middle part, I let the characters tell me what they want to do. And they apparently wanted to hang out with some friends. So... <laughs> But it's, and it's, I, hopefully I've written it to where it's okay that you haven't read the other books. If you just, maybe you just picked up shift in focus for the first, or was it shift in priority for the first time? You know, the first in that, the see world, that's even hard to say, (laughs) (laughs) the executioner's world. Um, Hopefully I've written it well enough that you're not like, wait, who? Hopefully it's introduced well enough that, hey, these are friends, these are fellow shifters and they're going to help out. So I think you do. And
0: I think you also introduce it in a way that makes, if I had not read them already, I would definitely want to go back and read the other series.
1: I almost got turned off from somebody end up being a favorite author long time ago from their fandom because a book had been recommended and it was, you know, on sale. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to try out this new author. And I went to this person's page and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just picked up this book. It is amazing. And their fans were like, oh, my God, you are so far behind And Oh, you need to start over here. How did you miss all these? And I'm like, bitch, this book got recommended. I've never heard of this author. What I would have done was welcome to your new obsession. (laughs) You know, like, I can't wait for you to find the rest of the world. But I almost got turned off from their fandom. So listen, if you're my reader and you're listening to this, please don't ever do that to anybody. But yeah. Hopefully my books come off that. Cause I wasn't lost by reading that book. I wasn't, Oh my God, who's that? Who's that? It just introduced me to this writer's style. And I did end up, I think it was like 80 something of their books. I ended up reading cause I, I really loved their style, you know?
0: how oh, that's a lot of books.
1: <laughs> yeah. This person has over a hundred out. Um, I, I stopped, I felt like I was kind of reading the same story. So I, I just, we've talked about another author before that I got turned off because the plot was gone and it turned into erotica, which I have no problem with. I have no problem with that, but that's not why I was reading that specific author. I wanted that urban fantasy plot, but yeah, I just, hopefully my books can be read standalone without being confusing. That's what I've always tried for.
0: Now we keep saying third and final in the series. Was it planned to be a three book series or is that just
1: the way it worked out? It was planned to be a standalone. But so, it, so was Gray's Wolf. And how many books came out after Gray's Wolf? I mean, Gray was supposed to be a standalone. It was just a story that popped in my head, and and I'd sit and write notes on my phone as scenes would come to my head. I'm like, well, I don't I don't know who this is, but we're gonna write it. And I think Nova was originally gonna be named Peyton. And yes. she changed her, her, her name. She's now that's not my name, which Peyton did end up coming out, but it's you know, different books. I've I've planned for this person to have this mate, and they're like, that's not my mate. You know, so So have you just found that
0: series are your writing style? Like, because most of your books are part of the series. You don't really have that
1: many standalones. I think a lot of times when I start writing it, I'm not ready to leave the world yet. I I get so I fall so in love with my characters that I want to know more and more and more. You know, if there's a secondary or tertiary character, I'm like, but why? But why? And it ends up, because I love to read series. I don't want to leave those worlds either when I get, you know, when I get started on them. Diane Duvall, the Immortal Guardian series, I never want to leave that world. And I know she's, right, eventually get bored writing that series and and, you know, write a last one, but... I never want to leave that world. So I think when I start writing, like with Gray, it was supposed to be a standalone, but then all of a sudden, Micah showed up and Reed showed up and Tristan and, and Emery. And I'm like, wait, who are these people? So <laughs> these secondary characters started popping up and becoming part of the pack and it became a series. It was literally just supposed to be Gray and actually Peyton, but Nova, um, and their little love story. And it it spawned off into this whole world now, Colton, up- I knew, well, I knew from the moment I met Colton, he was getting his own story. I knew that <laughs> the moment I met him, you bring up the
0: world. So one of my questions for you is, was the world building, I mean, y- your stories take place basically in our, on our earth, on true earth, mm-hmm. but it's yep. the shifter world. So
1: was that, yeah. was world building something that was a challenge for you or? No, I cheated it. I put it in my own little town, but I thought it was fun Because if you think, okay, so in my head, like say there's shifters, there's werewolves, whatever you want to call them. Where are they going to congregate? They're not going to congregate in New York City. So in my head, shifters and vampires and things like that, they're going to need anonymity. They're going to need secrecy. Well, what better way to do that than in small rural towns where they can buy property and they can run through the woods? So as I was building the world, it actually, it started out in St. Louis, believe it or not, because that's where I'm from is St. Louis. And it just it didn't make sense to me. I'm like, well, they can't hide in the suburbs. So it just kind of morphed into they're going to end up congregating in more rural areas in each state because they're going to need that privacy. They're going to need to be able to shift and run without the neighbor seeing a seven foot tall wolf. You know, I know I say wolf funny. Leave me alone. <laughs> I, it, I'd be curious to know
0: whether there has ever been an author who attempted to write paranormal in the city, though, like that.
1: Well, Nova was originally from the city, but she hadn't learned to shift yet. Um, I know that Laurel K. Hamilton—it's um, supposed to be like modern day—but in her world, the whole world knows about all the extras. They're—they're mm-hmm. they're, they're lycanthropes in her books, and the vampires. The whole world knows about them. But I don't know. I'd have to look into that and see if there's anybody that actually has them smack dab in the middle of civilization. Yeah. Well, but if any my of our head, listeners
0: have ever heard seen one, they can let us know because. Yeah. I feel like that would be
1: a big challenge for a writer. I can't imagine how they could shift without being seen. I mean, especially in the city or suburbs, you don't see bears or lions or, you know, and if you do, animal control gets called in, you know? Right. (laughs) You you hear the stories of those people with exotic animals getting mad at the town and releasing their animals, I guess, to slaughter people. And all it ended up was a bunch of dead wildlife, you know, exotic animals, lions and tigers and Bears, oh my. <laughs> so, we brought up challenges about writing shifter
0: books. So, I'm curious mm-hmm. have you ever had any like really big challenges, or was there anything about writing this type of story that was like a fear for you? Like, maybe when you started
1: writing it? I always worry about writing stereotypes. I don't ever want my characters to come off as characters. You know, you, you read books where they'll have a gay male best friend and he's flamboyant. Well, I have a gay best friend and he is not. So why does every and why does every female best friend have to be ditzy or jealous? Why does every mom have to be a shrew who's jealous of her daughter? So my, I'm always concerned when I write any of my characters that I'm writing a stereotype or like a caricature of a person. That's always been one of my biggest challenges and fears. And hopefully I've done it with tact and respect. I, I saw on TikTok, one of the best things I've ever seen, it was a, a woman of color. And uh, a lot of authors are like, well, I don't write people of color because I can't relate. I'm not a person of color. And all I can think of is, do you write dual PO, uh, POV? Do you write the man's perspective? Well, you're not a man. So if you can write in a male's perspective, why can't you write a POC, POC uh, perspective? They're not a different species. Like she said, we're still people, you know? So that's something I've always found as a challenge. Not so much a challenge as a fear. I don't ever want any of my characters to come off as a stereotype ever. They're just people. Did
0: you have any shifter specific challenges or was it, that's just something that you were easily
1: ingrained in? Trying to not make it to werewolf in London. Does that make sense? Have you ever seen Werewolf in London? Yeah, but you want to elaborate on that? I didn't want it to come off so sci-fi. You know, like they'll have a six foot man who turns into a squirrel or a five foot woman who turns into a nine foot, you know, bear. Well, physiologically, (laughs) obviously turning into an animal at all is not physiologically possible. But I didn't want it to come off so sci-fi and ridiculous, like on American Werewolf in, in London, where it's, you know, I mean, it was an 80s movie, so we didn't have CGI back then. But I didn't want it to come off that way. I want it to be, I want it to flow so that when you're reading it, oh, well, yeah, they they turn into a bear. Oh, yeah, they turn into a wolf. You know, so I talk about the the bones breaking and reshaping and and fur sprouting. But hopefully as you're reading it, it doesn't come off grotesque
0: <laughs> I did like in this new one that you went into a little bit more
1: detail about the whole process yeah yeah it was because she's a human she had no interaction whatsoever with that world so I I had to introduce it to her not just the re- the the readers but to her as well you know so it was from her perspective so talking specifically
0: about shift in supremacy since that's kind of the whole point of this episode um which so, is coming out Saturday <laughs> it, well by the time they hear this it, it will be out it'll be
1: out yeah <laughs> um, and
0: it'll be linked in the show notes and it's you guys gonna have a head on over to Amazon and grab it um so unlike the other the first two sh- executioners I'm not even gonna try to say it <laughs> <laughs> um Vaughn is more quirky and flirty and funny and he's more laid back than the other two I believe yeah yeah and that's how I how he came across to me anyway. And I really liked that, but I was curious if that was his original personality or if that just came out as you were writing. Because I know a lot of times things will just happen as you write.
1: A lot of times I see them before I write them. And he was, he was very flirty and quirky. He was kind of flirting with me as I was plotting him out. So I kind of knew, just like with Titus, I knew he was going to be a little bit quieter. I knew he was going to be like a, a, what do they call him? A gentle giant. You know, I knew Alex was going to be a smart ass. But there are times, you know, that they do surprise me. But I, I knew Vaughn was going to be flirty. He's, I just love Vaughn. <laughs> I just love Vaughn. And Jolene, I could totally be friends with her because she likes cardigans. And Alex actually
0: shows up in this one, which I found yes. very interesting because I, for some reason, his story kind of sticks with me. Like, I want to know more. I want to know where he is now. and. <laughs>
1: I, just, I have contemplated doing uh, well, you know me, it'll be a novella or nove- novelette. I have contemplated doing a little short story of him and, in, and in, uh, oh my God, my brain just, my brain just flatlined. What was his mate's name? Aliana. Aliana. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my brain just flatlined. Whew. Aliana. <laughs> a funny story. Actually, I started writing that in July and My dog died and I, you know, I I have a hard time association. I set it aside and eventually I got a job at a funeral home. I'd forgotten about this book. Well, I got put on um, uh, uh, isolation in December because of the radioactive thing. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and start writing. I had forgotten that Aliana worked at a funeral home. I had a coworker named Aliana at the funeral home that I went to work at. I had completely forgotten about it until I went back and read it when I was on isolation. That was hilarious. I just it's it spelled differently than her name, but I completely forgotten about that until I did the read through. But yeah, I, I usually know their characters' personalities. Um, it that book actually took me a couple start and stops because you know I knew who Aliana was. And then, as I'm writing it, all she's a, a, a victim. I'm like, no, she's not. I just start and stop again, you know, or cut a huge amount out. Like I don't know what was going on with that. Where it would start going down in her personality. I'm like, that's not true to her character. Once I got her nailed, though, that book that flew. That came out quick. I'm not going to comment on the fact that you just said nailed, but anyway, nailed um, it. Nailed them. <laughs> I'm a romance um, author. All, everything sounds sturdy to me.
0: <laughs> so. One of the things one, one of the general theme, I guess you can call it in shifter books is mates. And mm-hmm. a lot of times that can look like insta love and I wanted to talk kind of about the differences between insta love and, and mates because I think a lot of people are turned off from
1: shifter books because of that. So um my mates what, aren't in love immediately. They have just their animals have recognized their other half because technically, falling in love is chemical. It's even in humans, it is chemical. It's a chemical smell. Loving someone is completely different. I'm both in love with my husband and I love him dearly as my best friend. My characters might find their mates, but that doesn't mean they love each other immediately. That comes with time. So their their attraction, their mating is fully chemical. And when they have marked each other, a change actually happens in the bloodstream of the woman. Now, a man can claim a woman and mark her, but that doesn't mean that she'll carry that smell. If it's their true mate and they the man marks the woman, there's a change in her blood so that any shifter in the area can smell that she is taken. She is off the market. But the falling in love thing, it's not insta-love. It's just... Baser, you know, their animals recognize each other, and then they learn to fall in love. They learn to love each other, respect each other, become friends.
0: Okay. So you basically answered the question I was going to ask you, because I was going to ask you, how would you define insta-love versus mates because a lot of people confuse the two. I, I've seen yeah. it a lot of times where people will review a shifter book and say, oh, it was too insta-love for me, but it wasn't insta-love. It was mates finding each other. Yeah. And they don't—they yeah.
1: just don't seem to grasp that concept. Yeah. it's. I can tell you, I fell in love with my husband within two weeks. But this level that we have now took over a year for us to truly... Be able to be ourselves around each other and be comfortable and, you know, fart in front of each other or whatever. That took over a year to truly become best friends. My characters do not fall in love instantly. It is not instant love. It's just the chemical attraction, just like falling in love for humans is, where they recognize their, I guess, their other half of their soul, their soulmate. But that doesn't mean they're in love, you know, immediately. They don't love each other immediately. You can't love each other that fast. <laughs> it's a romantic, you know, notion, love at first sight and all that stuff, but I don't believe in love at first sight. Don't come at me. Don't, <laughs> don't send hate mail. Hey, everybody's allowed their opinion. My I mom know, does believe in love at first sight.
0: I'm not sure whether I believe in love at first sight. Cause for me, even, even you said it took a year for you and your husband to get there. And I yeah. think even that's kind of short personally, because there's so much about a single person that you cannot find out in such a short time. You know what I mean?
1: Like, well, you I think, think it you depends on the person too, though, because I was suffering severe PTSD. He, you know, had come out of some pretty bad relationships where he didn't know if he could trust. So for us being two broken people learning that, Oh, we, we can actually fit into those jagged little puzzle pieces, but some people are emotionally healthy and can be themselves around another person. So I think it really depends on the person, whether they can, you know, I, I hear people getting married within like two months of knowing each other. That's weird to me.
0: Yeah. Getting I, married not, in
1: two months and then
0: they move in together without ever yeah. having living together before. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, yeah,
1: you it's possible to make it work. I mean, it did in the past, you yeah. know, but, but it's, I, it's a truly form. I, I mean, my husband and our best friends, we have our little inside jokes and, stupid, stupid jokes that we laugh over every night. And it's the same jokes usually, too, that we still laugh over every night. That takes time. But as far as the mates, that is not insta-love. It is a chemical thing. They have recognized the other half of their soul. You know, the pieces have come together. And then they learn, learn to love each other. You notice they don't usually say, I love you, until they've been dating or mating or whatever for sometimes a few months. Unless you're Emery and Eli. (laughs) (laughs)
0: well that was a different situation
1: (laughs) that's a whole other situation um okay so
0: what I mean we kind of sort of touched on this already but what is it specifically about shifters that draws you into that world like what makes you keep going back what
1: makes you keep writing the books there's just this weird appeal to me I guess the duality, like remember I talked about I used to be terrified of birds and now they represent freedom to me. Mm-hmm. The thought of being able to turn into something so powerful, so strong, so fast, and then having that freedom of just roaming and, and you know, it's it's like that duality that we all wish we could have. I wish I could do one of those, um, the spiritual walks where you could just go on a, a pilgrimage and start walking. I'm not a person that can. My shifters can. They've got this powerful being inside of them that they can release and let go. Or, you know, even in their human forms, they're still stronger. They're faster. They have, you know, more acute senses. I don't, it's always, I used to love vampires. I still do. And I still read vampire books. But there's just something about that primal feeling of writing a shifter and thinking about shifters and watching shifters. There's something primal about it that just calls to me. I thought about writing smaller animal shifters but I just I like my my hawks and my bears and my lions and I mean to be fair you do have owls I do have owls yeah yeah yeah
0: um so you've got speaking of you've had wolves panthers lions bears all sorts of different paranormal creatures
1: and I was curious
0: is there any you haven't done yet that you were thinking about writing a book about
1: not that I can think of Mm -hmm. I've had a sun bear that has been my smallest animal yet that was in a oh you guys won't read it unless you're on the newsletters, uh, newsletter subscribers. Newsletter subscribers get uh, Jamie's story f- for free sent to them. Was it a novelette or novella? What did that end up being?
0: I don't even remember. I think it was a novella.
1: It was supposed to be a short story, but you know, <laughs> your girl can't write, sm- write short for nothing. But no, I, not that I could think. I mean, Polar Bear is kind of interesting to me. a female polar bear shifter though not a male polar bear shifter because you know they say polar bears are one of the most vicious animals out there Mm. yeah that i think you probably would have to start a new world for
0: i would say because they wouldn't be able to be in missouri i don't think
1: (laughs) well none of my animals can technically the 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 uh, lions couldn't be here the tigers couldn't be here i mean climate wise they could Mm
0: -hmm. but I don't know if I think polar bears, you'd have to go a little bit farther up north, maybe
1: in New York. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just come visit you and, and check out your your region. I don't know. We're getting we're getting 30s and 40s tomorrow into the 20s tomorrow night. It's 77 today and it's going to be a high of 41 tomorrow. Wow. Um <laughs> Okay, yeah, so Mother, we mentioned- Mother Nature's calling out lotto numbers at this point.
0: <laughs> we mentioned that you have 26 books under this pen name, and I was kind of wondering, how do you keep them all straight? Like, you have so many characters. I mean, do you ever get confused with them, or do you ever accidentally yes. write, <laughs> okay, yes. elaborate?
1: Yes, and naming characters sometimes can get hard, too. Because I'm like, oh, I've used that one. Oh, I've used that one. You know, because there's names that come to me. I'm like, I love that. Oh, that's right. I have Luke already. You know, I have Jude already. Um, Luke and Piper, out of all the books, is the one that has not ingrained itself. And that was probably the hardest one to write, too. Out of the whole book, Luke's Revelation, of the whole world, Luke's Revelation was one of the harder ones to write. Because it, to me, it was like I was digging into my own, my own pain, trying to pull out for Luke's pain. Uh, but that's the one that my brain is black the most. The one that's most vivid is Micah and Colton. Those are my babies.
0: I find it interesting that you say that about Luke, considering it was probably, well, if we're talking just the Cedar Hill books, it's probably my favorite. If yeah. We're talking everything,
1: then this new one is my favorite. But I think you say that with each new book. It's my new favorite. It's my new favorite. Well,
0: you know, it, 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 you get better and better with each book, so it's kind of hard okay, not thanks. to say that.
1: Um, See, I loved in the I love being in the fantasy world, and I do have book three coming eventually, but I wanted to finish up my shifter council executioners. And unfortunately for anybody that was waiting for a third in the the fantasy series, two more characters came up and they Genevieve can attest to this, they have not left me alone for months. So I'm already a quarter of the way through their story. So I will be and I'm gosh how I was what two thirds of the way through the fantasy book the third one you yeah you were quite a ways like 60 something thousand words in so I'll go back to that and finish it eventually but well that brings up my next
0: question is what else do you have coming what else do you have planned and are we going to see more in this
1: same world. There's definitely more coming in the Shifters world, This uh, the Cedar Hill Shifters. I cannot wait to play with the Skullbone Flock. I thought they were actually next. But this, again, this new story is not even a Shifter book. It's like a bodyguard romance, I guess we can call it. He's a um, law enforcement, former military. Uh, she was supposed to be going into WITSEC and things did not pan out correctly. So now it's a race to keep her alive and find out who the mole is. If I, I try not to say too much because I'm still writing it. But yeah, I'm, I'm dying to dive into the the Hawks. I don't I know what it is, but I still have a feeling
0: in the back of my mind that there's going to be some kind of paranormal thing come out of that book, whether it's in that book, which I don't think it's going to be because you're already pretty close to you know at least halfway. But I think maybe there's going to be like a spinoff or something that comes from that world that's
1: paranormal because there's just something what? in the back of my mind. No, I'll tell you what it is, is CJ. CJ's got you thinking about the uh, paranormal
0: wit- wit- witness
1: protection. That and, could and be drawing. it.
0: And you know what? Yep. He is something, somebody that I kind of miss not having his story. So I was kind of bummed that you said it was the final on the Shifter Council Executioners. But since he's not technically in the council he's anymore. He's not
1: anymore, no. Nope. You could he's still write it. Off. He spun off. That's the fun part about being in the paranormal world is something so small as a coffee barista can end up with their own story. Yeah. You know, it's like it, because people fall in Jamie. Everybody was demanding Jamie's story and Carl's story, um, which is Lola's dad. And I Carl is an enigma. I've got his mate down packed, but he is an Enigma. So that one, if that comes out, it's gonna be a while. But yeah, the 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 skull bone Flocks coming. There is it's doing the paranormal bodyguards, the private security will be coming up. And so instead of, you know, like uh that line on on uh oh which one was it? Was it Endgame? I think it was Endgame when when they rescued Robert Downey Jr. or the Avenger, not the Prevengers. Well, this way they can be the pre-vengers <laughs> instead of the <laughs> avengers. So instead of, you know, trying to save women after they can protect them from the rogues getting their hands on them.
0: Interesting. I'll be very interested in what to read that one.
1: Yeah, I, I have to, who else is going to work with CJ? Cause he's having issues getting anybody to come on board with him because of what tends to happen to mates of executioners or shifter council members right so he's having issues as Vaughn said so fine unmated males gee I never thought of that <laughs> so a couple more things and then I will release
0: you <laughs> um, so if somebody was trying to write their first shifter book what could you give them what kind of advice could you give them that would
1: help make sure that they're on the right track read read and read and read in different types of genres, urban fantasy, paranormal romance, different authors, different styles. I even went so far as to go to a wolf sanctuary and had a tour and was able to watch the behavior, to smell them. Um, I was able to touch the pelts and feel you know, the undercoats. Um, I got them howling at one point. The more research, the better, and then you can make up your own world. And do it how you want to do it. But yeah, I would say read in all the different, you know, different authors, different styles. There's some that I'm like, yeah, you know, different takes on it. Uh, There was one I read where once a female becomes mated, it's the same thing where it's like that instant they know once she's mated, if a unmated male or any other male other than her mate, not her blood relatives, obviously, touches her, it causes her excruciating pain. And the only person that can end that pain is her mate. I love that take. And people make fun of Twilight because of the sparkling vampires. It was a new take on vampires. You're allowed to experiment, but just make sure you're reading to see what you like and dislike about the shifter world. And then if you want to do bears, watch some YouTube videos of bear behavior. You know, watch the because they're they're not really social animals. Or they're, just come you know, solitary. <laughs> just yeah, come, come to New, new York, York in the winter hey. and you can see plenty of bears. <laughs> We have bears here too. We've had a black bear. We've been watching. One of the black bears was hit by a semi. I was so sad. But we have trackers. People keep track and we'll let each other know when it's in your neighborhood. Get your dogs in, you know, get your chickens locked up, you know, whatever. We have coyotes like crazy here too. This episode's not about me, but
0: I will tell you now, and you haven't even heard this, but I have something in the works with reindeer.
1: Shut your face.
0: (laughs) I haven't quite figured it out. And it may end up, it may end up going under a pen name. I don't know. It does. I don't know what the age range is going to be and everything. So don't know exactly, you know, what's going
1: on there, but I have, it's, it's stewing in my head. (laughs) Well, you said something earlier about it. Is there an animal that I wanted to write and haven't yet? I thought about elks because, and I didn't, I had never ended up doing it. Somebody had a video on TikTok of these two elks fighting and they were like in the back of the pickup truck and knocking the vehicles and the vehicles were moving. These things are huge. I've never, I mean, the lone elk park, we can like drive through, but I've never seen an elk walk down the street like y'all do up north. Yeah, Those things are monstrous. Moose are huge. I almost <laughs> like, want to move to a town where they walk around like that. That's cool. <laughs>
0: it's mostly in the Adirondacks, but still. Okay. One more question. And I have a feeling it's going to be a long answer because it involves oh Anne Rice. <laughs> oh, oh! So we've all heard you say multiple times that Anne Rice was what got you into the paranormal. Yes. But I was curious if there if there are other authors that kind of cemented it for you or kind of ingrained you more into it. Because I know she was the starting point, but were there others that were like, made you think, oh, this is where I
1: have to be? Laurel K. Hamilton. Um, she writes urban fantasy, but her, before they started turning more erotica, the way she introduced her world and each book, it's, you know, it's a kind of a next chapter, next chapter, but each book can easily be read as a standalone. I love her world building back earlier books. I loved her world building. Um, what was her name? Rob Thurman is another urban fantasy. I loved her world. Uh, and of course, Stephen King, I started reading him in fifth grade, which that might explain the way, why I am the way I am now. But his, his world like introduced me to the, the spookier aspects and the creepier aspects. And, and, you know, because they're not based on reality, obviously, some of them are like Gerald's game, but, you know, things that can go bump in the night, we're all living right next door to them. You know, the magical side, things like that. So yeah, it's, there's been quite a few authors through the, through my life, through my childhood that really opened my eyes up to this whole world that I can write. It doesn't have to be vampires and monsters.
0: Let me ask. There's so many creatures. And correct me if I'm remembering wrong, but you don't have any witches in your series. Do you? Uh,
1: not in this world. the, The fairies, but you don't have any witches in the fantasy world in the fantasy books yeah um, and the shifters yeah 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 they will the in the fantasy books um romantic fantasy books there are witches that have not no one has heard their voices yet but there will be some world building around them coming later that i cannot divulge on here would you ever consider one of the shifters mates being a witch I don't know it's you've seen how it happens where I'm like I'm trying to figure out who their mate is and then I text you at 11 o'clock at night when you're asleep oh my god this is what it is (laughs) so it's yeah I never know but see the witches in my world aren't I am a Wiccan I come from a long line of Salem witches mine are ethereal you know uh, just to give you a little teaser um, the third book coming up one of the characters finally got a look at the face of one of the witches because they're always wearing cloaks and she had nearly glowing uh, amethyst eyes. So they're almost oh, okay. an entirely yeah. different species in, of themselves, yeah. Okay, I see. So you're, instead of, where you're going yeah, I, I do witchcraft and I do spells, they're their own species themselves.
0: Gotcha.
1: Uh-huh. Anybody can say they're a witch these days.
0: And, well, yes, but I was just thinking more along the lines <laughs> of an actual witch. Like, it, 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 and it's not like, I'm not asking if you have the plan to do it, but I'm just saying if that were to come up, if that were to tell you that's who the mate was, would you be
1: open to including? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I know um, the two Fae, I had never planned on doing two elemental Fae. and it just it just happened. I'm not I'm trying not trying to talk without giving too much away, but (laughs) I had never meant to have two, and then to have them be connected. <laughs> it's hard to talk about your books without giving spoilers. To have them have a connection, um, again, that that surprised me. I was like, oh, oh, okay. That's that's new to me. Okay. <laughs> I do like when they surprise me. That part I love. All right. Well, that's all the questions I had. Anything else you want to add about your book? No. You guys can find me on linhowardbooks.com I sounded so professional during the interview, didn't I? <laughs> As opposed to when we're just talking about books and movies and stuff. I sounded so professional.
0: Yeah. It's almost like
1: I've been interviewed a few times.
0: Your Amazon link is always in our show notes, but I'm going to put your website down too, because if somebody wants to sign up for the newsletter, they can just do it through there since you have that pop-up
1: that comes up now. (laughs) Yep. And you get, you get Jamie's little Devella, which was supposed to be a short story and end up being almost a full book. And any other ones that you release in the future for the newsletter? Yeah. Uh, The latest one I sent out, you got a newsletter that came along, our newsletter got a playlist. That was the soundtrack to writing shift in Uh, supremacy Supremacy. (laughs) I had to think about that for a second (laughs) that's the other thing is remembering the titles
0: (laughs) yeah that's why we usually shorten them when we talk (laughs) (laughs) all right well that was it for this bonus fun episode focused on Lynn (laughs) yay me (laughs) so uh as I mentioned earlier our normal episode will be up on Saturday the 19th and then we'll be back for our regular schedule the following week I will be there
1: with okay. bells on. <laughs> See you guys
0: next week. See ya. If you've enjoyed this episode of Let's Get Mystical and would like to email the hostesses, you can do so at letsgetmysticalpodcast at gmail.com or join the Facebook group, both of which will be listed in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you.